0: of people there's a big gathering a lot of people moving a lot of moving pieces here and he looks around and I, I i i don't it could have been blind from birth or maybe he knew what a tree looked like i don't know uh but but it says and he put his he saw tree trees walking we'll go into this in a few minutes let, let me hold on to that and uh and after that, he put his hands upon his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored. Saw every man clearly, and he sent him away to his house, saying, neither go into town nor tell it to any in the town. I want to talk about touched twice. Touched twice. Brother Fowler, would you lead us in prayer tonight? God, we love you tonight. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, God, for your mercy. God, we pray, God, that you would speak to us tonight through your word. anoint your servant. anoint our hearts and our minds. God, hear and receive the word from you tonight. And your precious name, we pray. Hallelujah. Let's give him a hand. <laughs> so this guy had to have Jesus touch him twice once didn't do it one time didn't fix him now this was something Jesus was up to I'm sure but but it's what happened he touched him and he saw him in the streets walking and he had to touch him again. In order for him to be completely healed, and uh, so as as we think about that, I look throughout the scripture, and I I've really been compelled lately to. I, I love character studies. I love to know about Peter and his personality. I love to know about uh, James, and you know he's just straightforward, and Paul. In his ministry and his personality, and I start as I read their writings, I start to understand a little bit about their personality. But as I think about all of the personality type studies that I've looked at, who was an extrovert, who was an introvert, and you know, Abraham was more of this laid back kind of guy, easy go, I think. And uh, but I really haven't, I guess, because Jesus was. God in flesh I've never really studied into what he was like and what his personality was like and in those types of things just something I've just never really done And I've been compelled more to go into the gospels and study more and more what Jesus was like and, and what if I want to be like him what I would need to do and how I would need to act and how I would need to respond and you know, so the first place I turn, I see him turning tables over, and hey, we're in <laughs> and uh But, but in there throughout the Gospels, you don't really see Jesus having to do something twice. You, you can read over and over again. You can search all the miracles that he did, and it wasn't like he had to... I mean, he kind of spoke once, and then if he spoke, it was enough, because he was... God in humanity's flesh, right? Uh, and and he, he was reconciling. He was reconciling the world into himself, and and, and he was, you know, he, he was the body of of God. He was the body of deity, and um, and, and with that. He didn't have to do things twice. And I don't think here he had to do things twice. I think there is a there is a purpose. Yes. We may not understand it, but there is a purpose yes. in, in what he did here. But And, and I think maybe we'll, we'll kind of understand with our own personal life why he had to touch this man twice. Because if you look at it, you have to think, and, and when you're reading through this and you read the woman with the issue of blood, for example, you know, she 12 years, she had struggled with it. All the money that she had, I knocked myself off. Maybe my battery's dead. Hallelujah, and and so you know, she twelve years. She spent all she had. She went to the doctors of her time, probably uh, any any advertisement in her community. That said it would do something, she'd believe it and spend money on it and buy it and try it. And just like most of the false advertised things out there today, you try them and you think for a week, hey, that's working. And then six months later, you're kind of done with that and you don't notice any different. Nobody's ever. No, no everybody it nobody mm-hmm. everybody it. try putting this up here man and it's going to grow you a full head of hair right? <laughs> could you imagine me walking in here one day and I got just do because you know, <laughs> I took some herbal supplement that, that it was going to grow hair but, uh, and it didn't and, it, it, and so she spent all that she had and, and yet that day she took a moment Jesus was there. She made it. She worked through the press. She risked it all, so to speak, because she was not supposed to be there. She had this crazy kind of faith. And she went and touched the hem of His garment. He didn't touch her. And she really didn't touch Him. Just the hem of His garment. Just His clothing. And she touched Him, and virtue flowed from Him, and immediately she was made whole. Oh. Maybe her faith was extreme. Perhaps it took that level of faith. I, I, I don't know. Is, is your faith like hers? Come on. You're willing to risk it all. Mm-hmm. You're willing to put yourself completely out there in front of everyone, willing, if you're noticed, to be rebuked publicly in front of everyone, knowing what you're doing can absolutely be taken the wrong way, and yet she did it anyways. Is your faith like hers? Are you willing to step out in the crowd? Mm-hmm and do something that according to humanity in the world you should not be doing at that time. Matthew 12, behold. We can read in verse 10 about a man that had a withered hand. They asked him, talking to Jesus, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? And uh, it's pretty interesting what Jesus says about this because they... They kind of had their rules, and yet uh, Jesus says, What man among you, if you have a sheep, right. that's their value, that's that's their money, that's where their income from. If you have a sheep, and it falls in a pit on the Sabbath day, can you tell me you're going to lay, let that sheep lay there in that pit and not help it? And, and, and didn't he have a, just an amazing way with words? And how much then is a man better than a sheep if you're going to get your cat if you're going to get your dog if you're going to get your sheep if you're going to get your goat whatever you got how much more value is a man and he's prepping them for what he's about to do than a sheep wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days, and, and then he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. <laughs> Suddenly, it just opened up, and was sad. Now, I want you to think about that. You've got this woman with the issue. She touched the hem of his garment. And then here is this man. Jesus doesn't touch him. I don't see that. Do you see that? Jesus doesn't touch him Jesus just talks to him and tells him what to do and he reaches his it just in the general vicinity of I don't know how close they were maybe it was like this and that was Jesus and, and, and I know Jesus didn't have a hat like that probably but still and, and, he reached, and I didn't touch not I, I didn't say he touched, and he reached out and all of a sudden as he opened that hand I can see it right now is it is what had been withered is just suddenly Opened up, just like the. Uh, praise God! Amen. And then there's there's several times in Scripture we read about Jesus healing blinded eyes, much like the man in the opening setting of Scripture. He came to Bartimaeus in Mark ten, and he came to Jericho, and the disciples, a great number of people, and blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. got have to go back and figure out why it says that. Sat anybody, know why it says that? No? Okay, that's, that's a note to sell. Somebody's going to go study that. It sat by the highwayside begging. So here's Bartimaeus. He's blind and he's begging. And he heard that Jesus was there and he began to cry out, say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. They were getting on to him. Man, would you be quiet? Jesus. down in your seat. <laughs> no, no. Quiet down, please. That's what everybody was feeling and thinking, man. Martin, would you please be quiet, man? Yeah, yeah. Tone it down a little bit. Cut the volume down. And, and, and so he's crying out, and many's charging him that he needs to quieten down, but he cried the more. They began to tell him to be quiet, and he got louder. Some of them were like, I wish Bartimaeus would find a different street to sit on. (laughs) Always stirring it up here. And they told him he should hold his peace. And and Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man saying to him, be of good comfort, rise now. Jesus said, come over. So everybody's going to kind of, oh, let's be nice. Bartimaeus, my friend. Under my breath, I was telling you to be quiet a minute ago, but now you're my buddy because Jesus is calling you, right? Right. And, And he casting away his garment, rose, came to Jesus, and Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do to thee? And the blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Talk about empathy, Sunday. Could you imagine what it would be like to not have sight and not be able to see at all? And here, this man could not see. And, and Jesus said, what would you like for me to do for you? And, and what's the one thing someone that couldn't see would say they wanted him? I want to see. Him. And Jesus said, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received sight and followed Jesus in the way. So he didn't touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Jesus didn't touch him. He also didn't reach necessarily it doesn't say toward Jesus probably at that moment didn't know where he was And, and, and yet he immediately when Jesus said unto him go thy way all Jesus had to do was speak to him and all of the sudden he could he received his sight not only did he receive his sight now he could see how to follow Jesus He can see how to follow Jesus. Amen. And and, and so so powerful, powerful things. Here's, Here's the Lord just throughout the Gospels moving in these miraculous ways. And yet there's this one man that he touched and he had to touch him twice. Now if if this man was watching this entire uh, scene, he wasn't, but if he was watching this entire setting and he was seeing this woman with the issue of blood and he was seeing blind Bartimaeus and he was seeing the man with the withered hand, he would probably feel some type of way. Why wasn't I healed when he touched me once? Here is God in humanity's flesh and He touched me, and I'm still, I wasn't healed. He had to touch me again. And In John 11, wasn't even that. Verse 43, they they had been on Jesus, and and He wasn't there when it happened, but Lazarus, His friend, had passed away, and, and Jesus now in verse 43 gets there, and... And it says, And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And that he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin, the the normal attire for someone in a grave that is four days dead. And Jesus says unto him, Loose him and let him go. So the man with the withered hand reached toward Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood didn't even touch Him. She touched the hem of His garment. Lazarus here had been dead four days. Martha even told Jesus in Scripture at this point, he stinks. He's been in there four days. What are you doing? And So he's been dead four days. Why then does this man in Mark 8 have to be touched twice? First time didn't do it for him. We can look at what happened in Cana after Jesus had already turned water into wine there. Done miracles in that place. And uh, not only wine, but the best. In John 4, verse 46, Jesus comes back to Cana. He came again to Cana of Galilee where he made water wine. They were probably excited that he was there. He did one miracle. There's no telling what he's going to do now. And There's a certain nobleman whose son was sick. At Capernaum, and when he had heard that Jesus was coming out of Judea into Galilee, he went in unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son. For he was at the point of death. Probably more than, if you think about it, more than worse than blindness, worse than having a withered hand worse than having an issue for 12 long years this man's son his child is about to die and Jesus was there and the nobleman said unto him sir come down here and my child die in verse 50 Jesus says just go your way thy son lives the man believe the word that Jesus had spoken unto him and went his way. And when he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, your son lives. And then he inquired of them at the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And the father knew it was the same hour that Jesus had spoken what he had spoken and said what he had said. Jesus didn't have him reach toward him. This man didn't touch the hem of Jesus's garment. This man didn't. Jesus didn't touch him, and didn't even touch his son. Didn't even see his son, and he didn't call his son's name and tell him to come forth. He just told him, "Go your way. Your son's your son lives." And his son lived. The fever left at the very hour that Jesus had told him this. But there's this other guy that, if he were watching this video of Jesus' healing ministry, why did I have to be touched twice? Why didn't it work for me the first time? Why did he not just speak to me? I touched his garment or any of those things. Why twice? Why, why did I have to be touched again? Maybe he never thought that. He probably happened. If He could see. but I'm doing, I had to wonder that. And, 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 and so then if we look in Luke chapter 4 in the synagogue there was a man which had an unclean devil, a spirit. He cried out with a loud voice, let us alone. What did we do, have to do with thee, Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. Think about how this person felt. And, And it says that when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. So here's this guy with the devil, not able to get rid of it, he can't escape his sins he can't escape his issues he can't escape his problem because he is possessed of this demoniac and this demonic spirit and and it's controlling him and yet Jesus speaks to that devil that was controlling him and it came out of him and it could not hurt him could not hurt him the power of the word They were all amazed and spake among themselves, what a word is this? For with authority and power, he commanded unclean spirits and they come out. Jesus simply said this, hold thy peace and come out of him. Hold thy peace and come out of him. Oh, hallelujah. What kind of God do you serve? Have you ever realized what kind of God you serve? How powerful the God that you serve really is. And He is able to speak into your situation. He is able to point at your situation. He's able to touch your situation. Or you are able to just press your way beyond where you have ever been before and go past everybody else and find yourself in or out of the crowd or wherever. Are impressed until you get to a spot that you touch him and he responds to that touch that you have. And then, Matthew chapter 8, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes following him. Think about this you know, here's Jesus. There's miracles that are happening. Blinded eyes, or people are suddenly receiving sight. Deaf ears are being unstopped. People with devils that nobody could do anything about, that they were just completely controlling them. They are completely delivered and set free. Think about it completely delivered and set free. This woman with the issue of blood completely healed. Man with the withered hand completely able to have. Identical hands; they, they, they look the same after that because Jesus is doing all these miracles, and the fame is spreading, and people are gathering around, and they're following after him because they know what he is able to do, and they have needs, I'm sure, and they have stuff going on. This is, you know, this is thousands of years ago, and they didn't have modern medicine, and they didn't have MRIs and CT scans and injections, and, uh, and they weren't able to do surgeries with with medication that completely puts somebody out when they're doing this, but they they are completely dependent upon very little at that time, and they hear about Jesus, and they respond to Him, and He is able to heal them. And, and now one of those diseases back then that would, that would send someone away from their family and away from their home even is if they had leprosy, it, it was horrible what would happen. They would have to go live in this colony with other lepers as they would basically die. And he was coming down from the mountain and the multitude followed him and behold there came a leper and worshipped him. Saying, Lord, if thou will, thou make me clean. Could you imagine that feeling? Being so contagious that you couldn't go around your family because it would be horrible. You would never want to give them this condition that you have. And, and, and Jesus says unto him, or, or and Jesus put forth his hand, and he did touch him, and said, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said, Don't tell any man. To go show show yourself to the priest. Follow what you're supposed to follow. Offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. He didn't have to touch him twice. He only touched him once. And when he touched him once, God he healed him. Peter's mother-in-law was sick with a fever. You know, Peter had left everything and followed him. And, and he came in and he took her by the hand and he touched her. Mark 1 and 4 with they were come out of the synagogue they entered the house of Simon and Andrew and James and John but Simon's wife his mother lay sick of a fever and they told him of her and he came and he took her by the hand and lifted her up and immediately the fever left her and then it says And she ministered unto them so here she is she's sick very ill, has a fever, and Jesus goes and speaks to her and lifts her up, and 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 when he lifts her up, that fever leaves her body. That fever leaves her body. Can I tell you, we may live in 2023, and there may be every medical miracle at every doctor and nurse's disposal to be able to fix most of the ailments that ail most of us. If you've got a headache, there's Tylenol and there's ibuprofen to start. If your back hurts, they've got injections they can give you and surgeries that they can perform. If you have seizures, they've got medic- medicines that can control those seizures. If, if you're having a heart attack, if you've got a clot, if you're having a stroke, they got medicines that they can give you. If they give you in the certain amount of time, that you were able to recover and you were able to do well. But what if you didn't have all of those things and you were completely dependent upon Jesus for all aspects of your health and all aspects of your wealth and all aspects of your life? How which one of these would you be? Would you be willing to get beyond your normal limitations and go past that and beyond the crowds? And would you be willing to expose yourself and uh, expose yourself to ridicule and expose yourself uh, to not being part of the in or part of the cool or part of the, you know, all, all of those things? Your, your friends might point at you. Would you be the one crying out to him, saying, Jesus? And everybody else around you saying, I wish he or she would clap. Down a little bit and and calm down. I'm trying to hear what Jesus is saying, and and Bartimaeus keeps yelling out, Jesus! And says, immediately the fever left her, and then it says, she ministered unto them. She ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, listen to this they brought unto him all that were diseased. And them that were possessed with the devils. Here's God in humanity's flesh. He's got flesh. He gets tired just like we get tired. He gets frustrated just like we get frustrated. Uh, he deals with emotions just like we deal with emotions. And, 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 and he's healed people. You know, he, he's healed the woman with the issue of blood. He's He's healed blind Bartimaeus. He's healed uh, the man that he had to touch twice. He even had to stop and touch him again. <laughs> and, and, and yet all of this, and now he finds himself, and he heals Peter's mother-in-law. But after that, it says, and, and they started bringing all that were diseased. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking, I've known this thing. Brother Parks, I'm thinking, you, you, you kind of, I'm guessing, have an office, and you see people that aren't feeling well. And and you, could you imagine if everybody started coming to your office? And I mean, you looked out there, and there was hundreds <laughs> and even thousands waiting to see you. I gotta see this guy, and he's the one that can help me. And, and he's the one that can help me feel better. Pars be sliding out that back door, hopping on that Suzuki, heading to the house, right? Yeah, you know, you know <laughs> Brother Barce would be like, okay, boy. I will not mind me. It says, they brought unto him all that were diseased. Everybody who had a headache. High blood pressure, flu, whatever their COVID was, leprosy, all of them. They were coughing and hacking. They didn't even have masks. Probably had their face wrapped with something. And it says, and them that were possessed with devils. Now, how many would be exit stage? right about
1: that time. I'm not dealing with
0: all this tonight. (laughs) It's just too much. And all the city was gathered together, all the city at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases. Now it didn't say heal them all. It says he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases. And he cast out many devils. And suffered not the devils to speak, Because they, you know, when the devils show up, they want to get a show, and he's not giving them a show. Uh, You're not going to act up around here. You can just go ahead and, you know, zip it. I'm going to do what needs to be done. Suffer them not to speak, because they knew him. And then it says, verse 35. Now, this is a key point that I think we all need to grab. It's like a rabbit on this sermon I'm preaching you tonight. But you got to catch this rabbit trail. Verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. He's healed this woman with the issue. He's healed the man with the withered hand. He's this this guy's child that was on their deathbed. He said the word, they came back to life. Lazarus, four days. Martha said and he stinks by now, and what do you think you're doing? I wonder if she understood how much power he had. But she wanted him to realize, hey, you do understand when he comes out of there, he's not gonna smell like polo black. You you, what, you want to go ahead and throw something else into the words you're saying? You know, you're you're. Uh, she she kind of understood who he was. You're, you're God in humanity's flesh, and I, I know what you're what you're saying is going to be powerful. But I want you to understand this. In case you can throw a side word in there for me, you know, dial.
1: Lazarus, number.
0: But here. You know, words caught on. People that were blind are seeing. People that were sick are healed. People that were possessed of devils—they had demonic spirits controlling their life, their actions. They're doing things that they have no idea, or they can't control what they're doing. And now they are completely delivered and completely set free. And and the worst got now. And now he comes to Peter's mother, Peter's house, or, or one of the houses, and, and Peter's mother-in-law is there, and she is sick, and obviously he needs her not to be sick, because they're already gathering around the house. They're already hanging out in the old tree, the olive tree, and I, I need her, I need her to minister to us, so... He raises her up. You're not getting out of this this instance. You're not just gonna lay in the bed sick while while all these hundreds and even thousands of people gather around. But after he did it, this thing would every preacher, every saint, every Bible study teacher, every person who ever prays, everybody who does anything. Whether you're an usher or a greeter or a hostess or an intercessor or whatever you do, whether you make pastor's coffee, you need to grab a hold of this in the morning. Rising up, this is God in flesh. And he is showing us something. We think we're stronger than he is. We think we're better than he is. Because here's God in humanity's place in the morning, rising up a great while before he went out and departed to a solitary place in their prayer. You can't keep doing what you're doing and not find a solitary place. You can't keep wearing yourself down and wearing yourself out and going from here to there and doing this and that. And think that you're okay because you've been doing it the last 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, and this is how you've done it, and this is how you do it, and you, you're just going to keep doing it. But here's God bodily saying, After all that, I got to take a breath, I got to find a place that's quiet. And I can pray. And if you don't, you will eventually break down. Sometimes Christians are the worst at not honoring some type of Sabbath in their life. That's not what I'm praying. I told you I was on a rabbit trail, right? So here we are. But I think this rabbit trail, if it's good enough for the Bible, it's good enough for us to go down a little rabbit trail. I tell you, pastors and preachers are probably the worst at obeying the Sabbath. Right. And uh, and yet here he shows us what does he do after he pours himself out to everybody else? He finds a place. He finds a place, and he prays. Where's your solitary place? Where do you pray? When do you? When do you allow God to fill you up after you've poured yourself out? Do you really expect that you're able to do something ministerially and you're not even praying? To do something anointed and you're not even getting any rest? In the morning, rises up. Great while before day. He went out. Departed to a solitary place. got away from everybody and everything. And he prayed. Praise God. Can we just lift our hands to the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going going to finish with this. Matthew chapter 9. So, what happened to blind Bartimaeus? What about the men, men who see saw trees walking? Completely healed, not just trees walking. Here we have Matthew nine, Jesus departed thence, two blind men following. I wonder how this guy that had to be touched twice feels about this. Crying and saying, Now son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I'm able to do this? And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. And then touched their eyes. Now this one guy, he has to touch him twice. And here's two guys, he just touches both of them once at the same time. And what happens to them and then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it unto you. And their eyes were open. Somebody give the Lord praise. I want to go back to Mark 8 for just a moment, I and mean, we're getting ready to shut this down. I believe God's dealt with some people that uh, uh, about. That risky, crazy faith tonight. About being willing to live for God at a level maybe that you never lived for Him at. Perhaps about your witness that you have when you see other people in town the next day sharing what's happened to you and how God has blessed you and how God is really moving in your life. Even people that you don't want to tell that to because they've influenced you in the past. And, uh, and, and but Mark 8 says he comes to Bethsaida where he doesn't want to do any miracles and they bring a blind man to him and besought him to touch him now it wasn't the blind man that was asking for the touch it was those the family members the friends that cared so much about him that brought him to Jesus to be touched and, and I, I don't know we could all we, we probably all have some type of opinion or thought or uh, conjecture on on why he had to touch him twice how I many thought about this scripture before you going to raise your hand you thought about this scripture before why you got your opinion you've got a commentary you've read you heard a preacher preach on it and teach on it and it made it made sense and it looked good we've all got this thought process we've all got this opinion on why but really we don't necessarily have exact valid evidence-based proof uh, of why he had to touch this man twice and why he spit on him. Some people think that it was kind of a a terrible rebuke. You wouldn't want anybody spitting on you. How many would say that's what you understood when you read that? I don't want him to uh, go ahead, raise your hand. And how how many thought, well, maybe it was when I mentioned that. Maybe it was the time and the day that they thought the saliva had healing property. Anybody think maybe that's possible? got two. Okay, maybe that's possible. Most of you are like, no. You spit on somebody in 2023. I'm going to tell you what that (laughs) means. Maybe Jesus spit on him because he understood this is the way they thought. That was their medicinal thing and he was honoring what they thought. Maybe. Possible. Crazy faith. But who's got the faith? The family, right? Because they brought him to him. And they besought him to touch him. And then he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. I'm not doing this here. Could have been that. Or it could be been, man, when this guy sees, if he's never seen before, and he opens his eyes up and he looks at these people, he's going to run. My mama's hair, you know, and that one, he didn't even have hair, And, and so he leads him out of town, out of town, like I don't know how far, but you know, he takes this guy. Think about how much compassion Jesus has on this blind man, this man that comes to church that day you know it's not in the building but that's in essence what they were having and and, and he comes that day and, and he brings this man and he's not somewhere he wants to heal him and it, it perhaps it's because Jesus has already said he wasn't going to do anything, that, any, anything else there or perhaps it's because it, it, this man doesn't need to see all these people And uh, and, and he takes him, leads him out of town, and he spits on his eyes, and he puts his hand on him and asks him if he sees all. And he sees men and his trees walking. I wonder, Jesus thing thinking, what that spit do for you? (laughs) Your home remedy. What do you think about that now? (laughs) And, 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 And so... And he looked up, saw him in his trees walking. After that, doesn't say he spit on him. But his hands again on his eyes, and he made him look up, and he was restored. And he saw every man clearly. He touched him twice. He touched him twice. Holy Ghost. I got baptized. I'm not going to tell you I was perfect after that. I haven't been. I've made my own share of mistakes. Yes, how, how many uh, How many others in here, you got the Holy Ghost and you've lived for God since that? I, I'm not, count, not counting mistakes, but you, you, you've never really walked away since you received truth. How many... You, you haven't literally, I know there's more than that. And, and, and have, have any, you got the Holy Ghost and maybe you completely left. You walked away from truth. You walked away from God. You went completely back into the world. We've it, 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 it got something. He touched this man twice. I don't know why. I know it wasn't. He wasn't limited in his power. Oh, that's right. Perhaps it was to build this man's family. Right? Perhaps it was to strengthen him. Perhaps it was to let him, to take those moments with him, those, that extra time to let him know that he does love him and he did care about him and he does care about what happened. And I'm thankful that at this point, I, I, the amount of Sundays I have ever missed in my life are so minimal. As far as anything consecutive, yeah, I've taken vacations, yes, I, I've been in the hospital and had sicknesses, and, and yes, COVID, but we still had church. It might not have been traditional church, Jesus didn't always have traditional church, like we think, but, but I, I, I was there guess what? If we were having an online service, I was ready for church. I wasn't there in my pajamas. (laughs) I'm not knocking that. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying me. I was having church. That was church to me. I was going to get my brains on. I was going to find me an altar. I was going to make it in my house. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. I'm not saying that could never happen to anybody. Jesus told us you better empathize and you better not think you're better than somebody or you'll find yourself in their own shoes, in their shoes, and in the things they felt. I won't ever run. You don't say that. Like right, we've been talking about, ye which are spiritual, restore. Amen. And if you ever need restoration, you're going to be thankful you restored somebody else. And so here's this man. He had to be touched twice. And and thank you for raising your hands because that could be somewhat negative. Here's Pastor talking about how he he hasn't ever necessarily walked away, although he's made mistakes. And I'm not saying I haven't done that, but, but, but you were willing to pop your hand up there and say, I have. And guess what? Sometimes we do have to be touched twice. But can I tell you, there's two men that were touched once. Blind Bartimaeus was healed. The woman with the issue touched him once. And. bad he got to touch you twice. No, they were all excited that he could see. Because you know what he did? He looked his cousin right in the eyes and he saw him and he had done that before. And he looked at his sister and he perhaps looked at his mother and maybe looked at his eye, whoever else was there, his neighbor. And he looked at them and he saw them. He was like, man, you got, why you got such a bigger nose?
1: Let's
0: <laughs> stand. Let's call on the name of the Lord. Where's your hair? Going? She got all kinds of hair coming out of that. Where's yours? Go? This blind man, if he hadn't ever seen he probably seen it, but he didn't mean anything by that. He wanted to know. All I've seen before this ministry is walking. Now I see clearly. Let's lift our hands, God. Thank you. And God, if you only touched me once, And I live the rest of my life seeing ministries, walking, whatever that means tonight. Then, thank thank you that you touched me. But God, if you want to touch me a second time, so that I'm able to see clearly that here I am, Lord. Touch me tonight. Some of you have something in here tonight you walked in that you wanted God to touch in your life. And you were like, we're just going to have Bible study, so I'm not going to have to step out, or I'm not going to have to press my way past anybody, or I'm, I'm not going to have to shout real loud one time. I got to kind of keep it at volume four or gain four, and I'll be good, God. And God's speaking to you tonight, and He's here in this place, and He says, I've touched you. I've touched you. But tonight, are you seeing men as trees walking? I want to touch you again. If, if you've got enough faith in, in your spirit right now to stir yourself up to say, God, I want you to touch me again. I want to see clearly tonight. God, I, I I want to understand more about your word. God, I want to understand more about your spirit. God, I want you to heal me, but not just me. God, I want you to heal my mother. I want you to heal my father. I want you to heal my son. I want you to heal my daughter. I want you to heal my uncle and my whatever it is my neighbor. God needs a healing tonight. I want you to touch presence of the Lord is here. God, I believe, is wanting to do something in someone's life today. God is wanting to do something in your spirit. There's somebody in here that maybe maybe you're not blind or maybe you don't have a withered hand, but spiritually you've been struggling with some things and God's calling you and He's, he's here. He's in this place. And I tell you, He's in this altar right now. I know I feel Him. Jesus, this one that touched the the man with the withered hand, the woman with the issue, the two men with blinded eyes, the heart of Magus, and that brought that Lazarus back to life. His presence is here right now. And you've got something you whispered to him before service that you needed him to touch. Would you press your way to the front right now? Say, God, touch me. Perhaps you got a relationship struggle, work problems, money problems, health situation. Fish oil's not fixing it. God's got some other oil up here that he says, I can touch it and fix it right now. Would you press your way into His presence? Would you push, go beyond the norm, and say, God, touch me twice today. Touch me the third time, or fourth time? God, I'm sorry I'm here fifth time, I just want you to touch me so I can see clearly the presence of the Lord is in me. Would you come? Would you come? Those that are here pray. would you reach out to the Lord? If you're not comfortable coming or you don't need to come, would you make an altar where you are right now? Would you just call on the name of the Lord? Would you just say, God, I want you to touch me tonight? Maybe I don't feel worthy or capable, but God, would you Perhaps this man that saw many trees walking, it maybe it reminds you of some loved one that you've got that God touched them, and but they they need to touch them. Would you, would you just come and lay their name at the altar? Just speak their name to Jesus and say, I bring my family member, I bring my brother, I bring my sister's name, and I pray you touch them again. You touched them. It was seven years ago or 11 years ago or 443 days ago. You touched them, God, but but tonight I'm asking you, would you touch them again? Jesus didn't need any more power, and it wasn't Jesus that missed it, it wasn't Jesus that didn't have enough power that day, but perhaps, I don't know, it was this man, that maybe he needed a second touch. There's nothing wrong if you need a second touch tonight. Just lift your hands. Lift your hands in expectation like you did the first time God filled you with His Spirit. With his spirit. Holy and just say, God touched touch me tonight. I love you. Aren't you glad you've been touched by the Master? Oh, aren't you glad you've been touched by the Master? Oh. Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through 26. Before you go to bed tonight, read that. When you wake up tomorrow, read that again. Let that scripture sink deep in your heart, your mind, and your spirit. Amen? Amen. God's good. God's good. Praise God. Our ushers and hostesses would come ready to receive tonight's tithes and offering I, I do want to mention a couple of important things on, on Friday. Somebody say Friday. Friday. Friday, our marriage ministry is hosting a dinner. It's going to be in Brunswick at the Old Time Buffet. And, uh, Sister Warren will tell you it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So I believe the time is 7:30. And so to all of our married folks, couples, and even almost
1: married, <laughs> come on out Friday night
0: at 7:30 and uh, and enjoy the time of dinner with your brothers and sisters in Christ. I promise you. Food to be fresh, hot, and it's good to be. And, uh, I don't know what I don't know what all they have on Friday night, but if they got fried okra, we're in business. <laughs> is it Friday night seafood? Is Friday, night seafood? <laughs> Friday is? Okay, it's just one of those. And if you like fried chicken, they got a bit of fried chicken. If you need baked fish, they got baked fish. Brother Tim, you all right? You got some baked fish <laughs> and, uh, So Friday Friday night at 7.30. Also on Tuesday night, next week, is our trunk retreat. And uh, we're going to come in here for prayer, have some time of prayer until about 6.30, and then we'll be dismissed we'll, for fellowship outside. We're going to have about, I know, at least 11 trunks. Set up right now. Uh, we're going to have a slide. They said we can't. I asked them to put water on it. They said we can't put water on it. Parents won't we'll be happy with me. So if they're not going to have the water on the slide. They're going to have a big, a big slipping slide without slipping. Uh, they're going to have uh, a lot of other things and a lot of other fun, as well as a devotional and uh, a lot of time for fellowship. How many enjoyed Connect Sunday? so so i believe this is just another opportunity for us to continue to connect as the body of christ and that's going to be next tuesday night not going to be our traditional bible study we'll be outside we're going to have a great time am i leaving anything else out coffee shop before the event so she'll have the coffee shop open five to six before the event come get caffeinated, and you'll have a great time. Okay, your homework answers. Oh, thank you, sir. You go ahead and go over this real quick.
1: You looked it up. Bethsaida was the
0: place that Jesus cursed. That was in Matthew 12 and 21. 12, he talked about that saved. And uh, son of, this is what I deduce from the word, bar, Bar-Timaeus, Bar is another term for son of, similar to being in the Old Testament, son of Timaeus, bar Tomaus. Similar to Simon, who is Bar-Jonah, son of Jonah, or son of Jonah.
1: Thank you, Uh
0: John 20, 42, Mark 14. Good stuff. What was the homework again? Read what was the homework for the part?
1: Mark eight. 22,
0: 22. Mark eight. Twenty two. Twenty-two through twenty-six. Alright, y'all got it. Let's stand. Let's get ready to call on the name of the Lord together before we are dismissed in prayer. Brother Fowler, would you lead us in prayer? Anybody just so we know uh, anybody thinking about going Friday night uh, to the marriage retreat just so I can give them a little bit of a number from here. We'll gather more numbers. Friday night, 7.30, marriage, uh, marriage dinner at all right. Just check. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name, 7.30. Old times brothers. You can just show